This is Ray Martinez. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. We're going to be talking about Jesus' authority over demons. Now, throughout Jesus' ministry, he encounters many people who are possessed by demons. And in this podcast, we'll explore what Jesus does about the demons. Now, he certainly has the authority over them. We know that. That's that's a given. But here's one of the first things we should learn about it, that Jesus casts out demons. We see that in the Bible. Our scripture reading today is from Mark 1:34, and it says, And he cured many who were sick and various diseases and cast out many demons. So this wasn't just about a healing, but he had to get rid of demons in people's lives. A lot of us like to say, man, the devil made me do it. Remember that comedian that used to say that? And, and then we, we think about, you know, all oh, the demons in my life. You know, they're not real demons in your life. They're just bad habits and things that you got into. But, you know, there are people who get possessed with demons. And Jesus proves this. And he had to cast them out. So Jesus has the power and the authority to cast out demons and heal those who are possessed. Notice that Jesus casts out demons throughout the Bible by merely using his words. The spoken word is powerful. Mark 11 says that if we just say to this mountain, be removed, and it will happen. Speaking the word is a tool we often forget about. And when I say speaking the word, I'm talking about capital W-O-R-D. And that's the Jesus' spoken words, or the scripture's holy words. Secondly, Jesus' authority is recognized. And we read in Mark 5, verse 7, A demon-possessed man says to Jesus, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God. Do not torment me. Well, Satan knew who he was, and he knew what kind of authority that he had. The demons recognized Jesus' authority and power over them. You notice that the demons don't try to fight Jesus like they did the angel Gabriel, that was coming to answer Daniel's prayers. In Daniel chapter 10, verses 2 through 3, and uh, verses 12 through 14, we read, At that time I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until three weeks were over. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princesses, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. Interesting that the angel said since the first day of his prayer, God heard his prayer. What did Daniel do? He fasted and he humbled himself. He didn't even put on lotion. So I don't know what kind of shape he was in as far as hygiene, but Daniel just, you know, he humbled himself for the Lord. I think that's really an important thing. He fasted and he humbled himself before the Lord. How do you humble yourself before the Lord? Really, 
You know, in those days, they fell prostrate on their face, where they bowed down and they stayed there for lengths of time to pray and to talk with the Lord. Here's the third point. Demons are subject to Jesus. Luke 10, 17 says, The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name, even the demons submit to us. I think that's impressive, right? So the demons are subject to Jesus. So Jesus can share his authority with the disciples, as it says there. And they talked about their success through the power of Jesus. Jesus' disciples are able to cast out demons in his name, demonstrating the power and the authority that Jesus has over them. More than any other gospel writer, Mark emphasizes a sense of secrecy about the identity of Jesus Christ. In the opening chapter, Mark writes, Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Read that for yourself, Mark 1.34. Not only did Jesus command demons to be quiet, but he also asked for silence from people he had healed. You read that in Mark 1.44 and Mark 5.43 and chapter 7.36 and then Matthew 12.16. And he warned the disciples not to tell anyone who he was. Mark 8 verse 30 and chapter 9 verse 9. He didn't want them to know this wasn't the timing. Bible scholars suggest that Mark used a concealment theme to strategically shape his gospel into a progressive unveiling of Jesus Christ's true identity. The first instance of Jesus telling demons to be quiet occurs in Mark chapter 1 verses 23 through 26 when a man possessed by an evil spirit begins crying out in the synagogue. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now there's a demon saying this right inside the synagogue. There's the demon inside the church. Can you believe that? Of course, it happens. Jesus reprimands the demon, commanding, be quiet, in other words, shut up, and come out of him. After racking the man with a violent convulsion and the evil spirit came out of him with a shriek. Now that's got to be an eerie feeling, being inside the church and seeing something like this happen. The crowds continue to press and to hear Jesus and, and see his ministry. Mark later observes, Whenever the impure spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. But Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell others about him. Mark 3, verses 11 through 12. This wasn't the time. Several possible reasons exist for Jesus silencing evil spirits from proclaiming who he was. The 4th century church, Father Athanasius, proposed that Jesus silenced the demons because he didn't wish or want that the truth should proceed from the unclean mouth. This is important. Jesus, the sinless person, spotless Lamb of God, as we read in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, could speak for himself. He would disclose his identity in his own time and way. No one else is in control. Christ's mission was to reveal the Father, 
As we read in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, he who was the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being did not want people to misunderstand who he was and why he had come. Not long after Jesus instructs the demons to be quiet, the teachers of the law accused Jesus of being possessed by a demon and casting out evil spirits through Satan's power. Boy, did they get that mixed up. Mark 3 verses 22 through 30 talks about this. This occasion was one of the rare times in scripture when Jesus defended himself, asking the scribes, how can Satan cast out Satan? A kingdom divided by civil war will collapse. Similarly, a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is divided and fights against himself, how can he stand? He would never survive. Mark 3 verses 23 through 26. Jesus explained in Mark 3 verse 27 that it takes someone more powerful than Satan to cast out Satan. By casting out demons and silencing them, Christ proved he was the more powerful one with all authority and dominion over demons and spirits. They must obey him. When he commands an evil spirit to leave someone, it must go. When he tells demons to be quiet about his identity, they must keep quiet. They have to shut up. As the creator of all images, Jesus outranks every creature in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers of authority, all things have been created through him and for him. Colossians 1 verse 16. All things, including spiritual beings, are created by Jesus for his purposes and glory. Therefore, they must submit to him. There's no doubt about it. Clearly, the veiling of Christ's identity also had much to do with the concern for timing. As news about him spread and, and the crowds grew larger, it became more difficult for Jesus to minister to individuals. You read this in Mark 1, verse 44 through 45, and chapter 7, verse 36, and Matthew chapter 9, verses 30 through 31. There was also the matter of his enemies. Jesus told the demons to be quiet because he knew the ultimate revelation of who he was as God's son would lead to his death. Mark 2, verse 20, and chapter 8, verse 31. What can we learn from Jesus' authority over demons? Well, first, Jesus has a power over evil and or devils, whatever you want to refer him to as. But we should remember that Jesus has power and authority over evil, including demons. Second, Jesus' authority is recognized. We should recognize Jesus' authority and power over evil and submit to him as our Lord and Savior. The third point, Jesus' power is available to us. We can have access to the power and the authority of Jesus through prayer and faith and can overcome evil in our lives through his name. May we trust in his power and authority and call on him to help us overcome evil in our lives. Jesus' authority over demons is a testament to his divine power and compassion. He not only casts them out, but also restores hope and freedom to those who are oppressed. As the renowned minister Charles Spurgeon once said, the name of Jesus is the lever that lifts the world from its hinges. 
It is the key that opens the gates of paradise. This quote beautifully captures the profound impact of Jesus' authority over demons, symbolizing his ability to bring about true transformation and deliverance. Think about your life. Think about those who are struggling. And think about those who may be suffering with a demon. Jesus has given you authority to pray over them and get rid of those demons in his name just as he did the disciples. Take advantage of how you can help others overcome their obstacles. You have a blessed day.